Man, it's good to be with you today. To say that I'm excited about today is a bit of an understatement. I'm just going to say that as we get going. I'm very um, excited about what the Lord is doing in our church, and, and I feel like today kind of um, a lot of things are going to kind of come into focus for us about what God may be doing and, and what He wants to do in each of our lives. And so if you've been with us for years, or you've been with us for months, or if today is your first day, I, I truly believe that God um, knows you're here right? He knows you're here, and he has something for you. And uh, so I've been praying, God, give us ears to hear and eyes to see. Are you with me? Second Chronicles 16.9 says, for the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully yielded to him. I love that picture, that imagery, right? Of the Lord, like the God, the creator of the universe, is rain, his eyes are like surveying the world, and he's looking for people who are fully yielded to him. And that idea of yielding means like I'm letting God go first, right? I'm letting him go ahead of me. And, he's look, and that's, that's my prayer. It's like, God, may we yield to you, whatever that is. May we let you go ahead of us in this moment. Are you with me? And so uh, today you see on the, on the screen uh, the number five. And we are beginning a new series today called Five because later this month we officially turn five years old as a church. And uh, we thought about how we ought to celebrate this milestone. I had a lot of creative ideas. I thought maybe we should get some food trucks. Maybe we should get, maybe we should get one of those big blow-ups to put them on top of car dealerships and be like, rah, we're turning five. I don't know. That's probably not us. Um, and then you see this kind of compelling sentence. They will not be silent day or night, which comes out of Isaiah 62.6, which I'm going to read the full verse to you. It says this in verse 6 and 7. It says, I have posted watchmen... On your walls, Jerusalem, they will never be silent day or night. You who call on the Lord, you, give yourselves no rest. And give him, meaning God, give God no rest until he establishes Jerusalem and makes her, his church, his people, makes his people the praise of the earth. So I believe this verse will be a big part of leading us over the next five weeks. Um, and as I talk Throughout this morning, you'll kind of capture what I mean by that and how this verse will kind of lead us. But I love the, the imagery of this passage once again, right? Like there's another picture that God gives us about a group of people who are never silent, right? Day and night, they are crying out to God, which is a beautiful picture, which is one that's like seems sort of far-fetched for some of us. Um, but I believe turning five for us has some significance. It's a significant milestone. It deserves some celebration, some high fives, all that good stuff. That's cool. We'll do some of that. But uh, I believe God's been like kind of unwrapping, if you will, and still revealing a vision for this church. And it's kind of, it's kind of not coincidental, but I feel like I've been having so many conversations with so many of you that are really connected, and they're connected around these thoughts. They're connected around that I feel like God is moving, and I feel like God's moving in me and moving in our church, and I believe God's calling me forward in new ways of prayer, and I keep having these kind of conversations that feel different, and they're, they're very personal to people, but they're very connected in terms of who we are as a body of Christ, and I'm like, wow, this is, what is God doing? Because I believe he's un, unwrapping this vision for us. We're still trying to figure out what it is, but it's not just for us. It's for the city. It's for you and for me. It's for, it's for the people in your life, and I and I'm just sort, of, just sort of expectant, right? Like expecting God to do something that maybe we haven't quite seen before. And 
God is clearly moving in our church. Um, it doesn't take much to notice that one of the things he's just doing is he's just been growing our church. Uh, we've grown 42% since this time last year, uh, which is just nuts, right? And then we've grown 25% just in the last 12 weeks. That's what you call cray-cray, right? <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> and the growth, these conversations, God moving in our gatherings, it creates questions like, God, what are you doing? And where are you going to put more people and, and so forth and so on? And, but more importantly, we come to a question that has nothing to do with all that kind of stuff. It comes to a question of our hearts, and the question is this, do you trust me? Do you trust me? And I've had that question hit me, like, do you, do you really trust me right now? Because I think for all of us personally, we get to these points where God is calling us into a new step, and we take the step, or we think, should I take this step? But what really causes us pause is not the step itself, but it's the next step after that, because we don't know what the next step is. And so if I take that step, then what? And so God is calling, do you trust me for this step, even though you don't know what's past it? And I think some of us can relate to that so much in our life. There's so many times that it's like, I have no idea if I take this step, what's going to happen, the ripple effect that's going to have in my life if I actually do the things that God is calling me to do because it seems scary, it seems crazy, and it doesn't make sense yet. And here's the thing. God never operates in the logical. He's always illogical, just so you know. God operates in the unfamiliar places that we don't quite understand, and he calls us into the unfamiliar so we can actually experience something that's beyond the natural, right? It's the supernatural. So, Right now, I'm speaking into your life because I believe it's from the Lord, do you trust me? Not me. The Lord is asking you, do you trust me? And many of you are thinking, oh, that's a great question, but it's not really for me. It's for other people in the room. I'm not really there. And I'm just telling you that over the next five weeks, if you really open yourself up to the Lord, I believe you're going to come face to face with that question in your life. I just believe it. I believe each and every one of us to come face to face with the question, do you trust me? And I want it. And I want it for all of us. And so... You guys with me? We tracking? Okay, so Christy and I have been in prayer about this and other future steps for our church. Um, and I'm especially thankful for Christy and, and the way I feel like she's sensitive to the Spirit and the Holy Spirit and what he's doing. And, and so a lot of the things that we have thought about and we've talked with others about, um, she's really been kind of the catalyst behind them, which has really kind of always been the story of our church. It's the untold story of our church, just so you know. I don't I just take her lead in a lot of things. And, um, but we've also had conversations with our ministry team and had some of the best conversations with our, with our team like, about what God's doing and, and about where he's calling us. And they're full of faith and encouragement. And so I want to talk about, and I'm just going to jump into some things that are really big, really fast, because, but it took a long time to get to these points. You get that, right? But there's no better way than just, you know, as they say, rip it off like a Band-Aid, right? So... Um, Here's some of the things we feel like the, the Spirit is leading to us. And there's going to be some slides on the screen that just kind of walk through four different things. And the first one is this, and I already said this, but we're turning five years old. And March 31st, 2013 was our first official Sunday morning gathering. We actually had people gathering before that in different types of meetings, but this was our first Sunday morning gathering. And we're approaching that, of course. And as we reflect on that so much, what we started thinking about is not, um, is, is simply this. In those days, and still, even to these days, but specifically in those days, everything, and if you were a part of it, you remember this. If you weren't, I want you to know this part of the story, is that so much of everything we did was a step of faith. We had no financial backing. No, no, we had no, no you know, entity coming behind us and saying, hey, we're going to help you get started. And it's just what it was. It was just how God did it, and we were great with it, but every step was literally a step of faith, 
Like we didn't know what was going to happen. And these groups, it wasn't just our family, but it was a lot of families and people saying, well, I'm going to move and do this. And it's like, well, we don't even know if this church is going to work. You know, like literally it could just not ever happen. We think God is in it, but we don't know for sure. It was a step of faith. And we feel like five years in now, we're, we're actually like feeling this urgency and this reality that God is calling us to the same measures of faith again. That not just for us, but like for you right now, just get ready. Like God's going to call you to things that are like pretty big steps of faith. I believe that collectively he's going to do that in the body of Christ. So what I believe about us turning five is that there is something that God is doing that's pulling us back to have the beginning and pulling us back into those, those radical kind of reckless steps of faith to say, God, we just trust you. And so, one of the things we started feeling the Spirit leading into is in areas of faith and prayer and spiritual hunger. And so, I'm just going uh, to go to the next one here. I'm jumping way ahead. But one of the specific things that God, we feel like God's calling us into is a season of 24-7 prayer. And praying for 24 hours a day, seven days a week sounds a little crazy. I'm not saying you will do that. I'm saying we will do that. Um, and like I said, I'm jumping way ahead, but through a lot of discussion and prayer and study, we felt like the Lord is calling our church to be in prayer um, in a way we've never done before. Are you with me? We would like to initiate a time of 24-7 prayer, meaning we want to create, let me get very specific, a prayer room in this building in which someone in our church will be praying in 24 hours a day, seven days a week for the two weeks leading up to Easter. Um, so for, for 14 days straight, we would do this. Uh, which would coincide, of course, with our fifth anniversary. So let me pause and just make sure you capture that because that's a pretty big vision because there's 168 hours in a week and uh, there's times that we sleep, right? And we want to pray 24-7 for two weeks and we believe calling it, God is calling us as a church to a type of prayer that we've never done before. And this is definitely a huge step of faith because here's what we talked about. We have no idea if people would have... If, if our church is ready for this, what if we put up a big banner and say, okay, Phil, put your names in, and like half of them are empty. Like, Leslie and Mike are going to be praying a lot. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> there are spiritual people on the team. So, um, But we thought, what are we going to do if this it doesn't work? And, you know, this is God's thing. Like, if, if this isn't our idea, and I'm okay if it doesn't, in every line even though I believe it will but we're not it's not dependent on us and we don't feel responsible for it it's God's and and so when I say that um, we want to pray for a few different things corporately we hope that we're praying for everything like you guys are praying for whatever you want to pray for but what this looks like is like literally one hour a week or one hour one hour time slots you would commit to a one hour time slot for once a week or many times a week um, you may want to do consecutive hours. You may want, there's no rules around it other than it's one-hour time slots. Uh, more than one person in that time slot, one person, it doesn't matter. Um, but we, we thought of, feel like the Lord gave us four things, and I'm going to talk about these things in a few weeks, but four things that we specifically corporately need to pray for, and one of them is this, that the Spirit would come on us like fire. I don't know if you're scared of that, but I am. Two, um, that we would see an evangelistic outpouring of salvations. Are you with me? All right? And then three, that we see healings. Okay, um, and then four, that we would, we would see personal breakthrough, right, in the area of maybe your marriage or maybe a sin or, or some sort of bondage or, 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 or whatever it is, like there would be personal breakthrough happening within our church body. 
So if you're like me, the first thing I thought about whenever we talked about this was like, okay, there's a bunch of practical things to figure out. And so I'm gonna answer a few of those right now so you don't walk out of here going, but what about this and what about that? I'm gonna hit a few of them and then I'm gonna send you the website for the rest of them, okay? How do you sign up? Next week, we will have sign up. It begin. And there'll be a big banner on the wall that is gonna look awesome, okay? And you're gonna write your name on it with a Sharpie. That's how you will sign up. <laughs> Secondly, when will this happen? I'll get into that in a minute in more detail, but we're gonna be doing March 19th through April 1st. And uh, where will this happen? We're gonna turn our living room back here into a prayer room, and it's gonna be really conducive for connecting with the Lord in different ways. If you're like, what about security overnight? Um, we're gonna have overnight security. Uh, we're figuring that out. There's more details to come, but um, we also actually already did this. We installed a keypad on the front door, and so the door, you're gonna be given a little code. You come in, it locks back after you come. The door's always locked. So if you're worried about security, which some of you are and some of you aren't, you know, but the ones that are, we got you covered, I think. Um, and you can also, like I said, pray with one person. And here's the thing, if this sounds crazy to you, it's crazy to me too, just so you know. Like, I've never done anything like this. I don't think I've ever wanted to do anything like this. I don't know if I still want to do anything like this. <clears throat> so, um, just so you know, if you do the math in your head, some of you will need to pray more than one hour to make this happen. <laughs> because I know some of you aren't going to pray any. I'm just kidding. I believe all of you are going to pray some. <laughs> I believe in you. But really, if this feels weird to you, like there's this question that I already said already, do you trust me? Do you trust me? Do you trust me to do something you've never done before, something that seems weird and awkward and kind of out of your comfort zone? Do you trust me? So again, the dates, and I have this up there on the screen, is, is March 19th through April 1st, and we'll begin March 19th. It's a Monday morning at 7 a.m. That's our first shift. And then it'll go through Easter Sunday, and it'll end at 8 a.m. And uh, a couple things happening during that is we feel like there needs to be corporate gatherings as well besides just our Sundays. So on Wednesday nights, we're going to have Wednesday night gatherings for prayer and worship happening at 7 p.m. on each Wednesday during that time. And then we're also going to gather on Good Friday because it's Good Friday and we want to. And so on Good Friday, uh, we'll have a sunrise, like 7 a.m. service here, which I know is like going to disrupt your routine. That's the point, right? So we're going to come and we're going to worship on Good Friday. So so this is, uh, there's one more part of this whole thing that we believe the Lord is leading us to, because when we finish two weeks of 24-7 prayer, it will be Easter Sunday, and we want to explode, right, with worship and gratitude. And, and with our growth that I've been talking about, um, we actually aren't certain that we can fit in here in two services on Easter. Um, we don't think that's really possible. We'd have to add a third service, and who wants to do that? Not me. So we're going to have just one service. We're going to go back, but we're going to rent the Tower Theater, and we're going to have Easter at the Tower Theater on Sunday, April 1st. Are you with me? Okay. Um, so, yeah, you can go to the next one here. You can kind of see what we're doing here. So, Easter in the Tower Theater, plus after spending 14 days, 24-7 prayer, we believe God's going to use that to bring all sorts of people that we've never had here before. This is a step of faith for us, right? Like, we don't know if this is going to work. We may be down that day. You never know. You know what I mean? And we don't know if it's going to work, but... We begin by taking step of faith of how we're, that we're uncertain about how they'll turn out. And this is one of them. So to recap, and then I'm actually going to turn the corner. We're going to like, read the word for a minute. Um, March 1st, or March, we're turning five. We feel led by the Spirit to take new steps of faith, right? Um, 
And these new steps of faith come with commitments to prayer 24-7. And we're going to figure that out together. It's going to be a little messy. It's going to be a little weird. It's going to be a little hard. It's going to be good. And then we're also going to gather together more than we usually gather together on Wednesday nights and on Good Friday and do that sort of thing. And then we're going to get together on April 1st and go next door while our kids are in this building and we're going to worship our faces off. Are you with me? Who's with me? You with me? Yeah. All right. So, that's good, right? Okay, so now I'm going to turn the corner and talk a little bit about the heart behind this. So this is like, that's all like the nuts and bolts of it, but it's also like full of like excitement. Um, But five years ago, when a group of people of us, we gathered with a hope for Jesus to be lifted up, right? We gathered with the hope for Jesus to be lifted up, and we gathered with the hope to bring life to a city, to a part of the city that we believed was gospel deficient and needed Jesus in a new way. But we didn't just gather for that part of the city. We gathered for people like you and me who were tired of just a, a... an average, normal, mediocre version of living with Jesus. And we said, what if we could come together and be the church the best way we know how? What if we could actually together start to tap into this? Have we, have we experienced all of that yet? No, but have we, have we hoped for that? And have we strained for that? We have, and I believe five years in, the hope to see Jesus lifted up, the hope to bring life to a city, the hope to see people's lives being transformed by Jesus Christ. I believe that hope is stronger now than it ever has been in our church. Are you with me? And I'm so thankful for that, that the original dreams and the original hopes, they just keep building. They keep coming. And I, like this, I, I feel like for us, I feel like for us, this is part of what God's doing and why we're at this moment and why we're feeling called to this. So I have three things that I hope will communicate. I'm not usually a three-point guy, and this isn't three points, so here we go. I have three things that I hope will communicate the vision and the movement of what God is doing. And the first, the first one is part of a story, and it's going to have three images that come on screen, and you'll be able to see them, but it's part of a story that a little over five years ago, a lot of you have heard this story before. Some of you haven't. I, I remember pulling into the field across, there was a parking lot across the street. It's the parking lot across the street. It was a field. It was just grass and dirt and kind of overgrown, and I'm, I'm looking at the block that we're looking, I'm probably parked directly across from our building, and I'm looking at this block, and God had captured us. I'm not giving you the whole story. God had captured us by this street, by this particular block, Tower Theater has stood out, of course. At that time, it was run down, and in the window, there was a sign that said available with a phone number on it. We hadn't had a meeting yet. This was before March 31st, 2013. We had no money. I'm like, hey, you know, let's call. And so I call, but I'm like awkwardly talking to this guy. He answers the phone, and I'm like, hey, yeah, I saw the available Tower Theater sign. Like, I didn't have any way to like get it. And so he's like, yeah, yeah, of course. What can I, what can I do for you? And I'm like, well, I'm just thinking about, you know, maybe we could develop something in it. And he's like, what do you want to do? And I'm like, well, maybe. And I'm like, at this point, I'm going, don't say church. Don't say church. So I'm like, you know, you know, maybe we could do like a coffee shop and some retail space and shared offices and, you know, trying to make up everything, you know, craft beer. I don't know. I, I didn't, not that one. But everything cliche, right, that everybody wants. I'm like, let's throw all that in there. And then I snuck in at the end and I go, and a, uh, and a church on Sundays. And he goes, he literally said, uh, excuse me, what did you say? I said, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll probably do like a church in the theater on Sundays. And he goes, man, bro, you need to, you need to look somewhere else. He says, he says there's, no, there's no way, there's never going to be a church in or anywhere near Tower Theater. Too many people wouldn't want that. And he said that, 
And, and, and here's the thing about that story. I don't tell that story to say, ha, proved him wrong. God did so, so much in that moment, in my heart and in so many other people's hearts, but it was, it was this. Who am I going to trust? Because so much fear came over me in that moment. Because I was like, he's right. Nobody wants this. And it's like, are you going to trust man or are you going to trust the Lord? Are you going to trust them and what they say or what other people say? Are you going to trust God? Are you going to trust what I'm putting in your heart and what I'm leading you to? And so over, it took some time, but it was like, okay, Lord, you're in this. I'm in this. And I can say confidently now that there is no doubt in my mind that God wants us here, Right? And it's no coincidence either that two years later, two years have passed, right? We've been talking to every building on the street and everyone's told us no. One building who had already told us no, but at the right time told us yes. And it happened to be the building that is closest to the Tower Theater, Sharon Briggs, right? And I just don't believe that that's anything other than what the Lord's plan was, right? So next Easter, they're coming up here in a few weeks, I, I believe meeting in the, in, in, excuse me, in the Tower Theater is not only appropriate, I believe it's a powerful story, isn't it? But I also don't believe that entering the Tower Theater is like entering the Promised Land, just so you know. The Tower Theater is not the goal. The Tower Theater is the building. Our, what's powerful about it is how intertwined our story has been to it and how... And how uh, because you know really what everybody wanted? They wanted the church to go hide in the weeds and the margins of the community. Anybody with me? That's where they want the church. You know how many people told me, hey, you need to go like, go find yourself a little, you know, in the neighborhood, nobody sees you kind of building. And I was like, we're here to lift Jesus high. Right? And so the fact that he put us here is no accident. And I also believe, so I don't only believe it's appropriate, it's a powerful story, not because we're entering the promised land. No, I don't believe that. But I believe that God is just continuing to say, will you take this step because the step beyond it is even bigger than you can imagine. We haven't reached the promised land, whatever that is. And so if you know our story, though, with Tower Theater, and even when we purchased this building, which is a crazy story, if you don't know that story, come to the next step on April 15th, shameless plug, right? It's a crazy story. So anyway, second thing I want to share. What time is it? Okay, we got time. The church was born in a prayer room. I want to read to you um, Acts chapter 1, starting verse 12. Then the apostles returned to Jerusalem from the hill called the Mount of Olives, a Sabbath day walk from the city. So they were returning, just so you know, from being with the resurrected Jesus. All right? Can you imagine this? And Jesus had just ascended to heaven, and they were caught staring, looking up into the sky. You know? Like, can you imagine Jesus leaves? What do you do now? He had just said some things. Anyway, I'm going to keep reading. When they arrived back to the city, they went upstairs to the room where they were staying. There's this room. Those who were present were Peter, John, James, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, son of Alphaeus, Simon, Zealot, Judas, and son of James, they all joined together constantly in prayer along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. So there's a room commonly known as the upper room, right? 
believed to be the same room that Jesus shared the Last Supper with his disciples, where he washed their feet. And now the apostles and the believers are gathering to pray in this room. I'm going to skip down to Acts 2, verse 1. Right. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. So this is the same house, and they were praying together, and I love how it says they were all together in one place, right? There was one place that this started, and then this violent wind, this violent wind comes, right? And what, it really, what that was is, if you know the story, is this is, of course, the Holy Spirit coming upon the believers, empowering them to actually start to go and do the work of the church. So what happens? The church is officially, the church of Jesus Christ is born in this room in which now they go out and they start proclaiming Christ to all the city, which we'll get into that story in a couple weeks. So sometimes I read the scripture and I'm like, yeah, that's, that's it, right? Jesus leaves them, goes to heaven, right? After he just said, hey, you're going to be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all of Judea and all of Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Now he's saying this to a group of people that have no idea what the ends of the earth is, right? They're like, the ends of the earth? Are you kidding me? I've never been outside of Jerusalem. Uh, and, and he's saying, you're going to go to the ends of the earth, proclaiming my name, being my witnesses. Can you imagine? He leaves. They walk back to the city. Their minds are turning. And what do they, they're like, what do we do? What do they do? They go up to a room and they start praying. That's what they did, which I love it. Now, does that mean that's the only thing they did? No, out of prayer bore ministry, right? Out of prayer, they got their legs. They figured out where to walk, and they started going and going and going. But it was rooted and founded in prayer. When you don't know what to do, you go to a room and pray. The church was born in a prayer room. I love it. So that's the second thing I want to share. Here's the last thing. The third thing I want to share is this. Get swept up, right? Get swept up. And, and <laughs> it was a little over five years ago, um, Christy shared a vision she had, kind of a, a word from the Lord. And she was like, I see this tidal wave, this wave that's building. And it's just, it's building in, in strength and size and power and it keeps building and getting bigger. And this was right before we planned the church. I said, I feel like this is what the Lord is doing and is going to keep doing. And that picture stayed with me. And this week it came back to me and I was thinking about it. And, then, and, and I thought, man, I want to get swept up in this movement. And I, and I was thinking about this wave and how maybe it would be like this powerful wave that keeps building, right? And it keeps building and rolling across the ocean and picking up more and more momentum. Now, I don't know if you've ever been standing in an ocean <laughs> and the waves are coming. And you, let's just say you turn and you start looking at the beach. You know what I'm talking about? And then you aren't ready for it and a wave hits you. Anybody had that experience? When you're not looking for the waves, man, it'll knock you over, right? It'll, the power of, of a wave, especially a big one, when it crashes through you and you have no control, it's scary. You know what I'm talking about? You're like, I'm going to die. But there's something different about when you turn around and you're looking for the waves. You know what I'm talking about? And you're like, 
God, I'm ready. <laughs> I'm ready for the wave. I was reading a book yesterday. I love how God works. Yesterday, I was reading a book and it said, hey, our job isn't to make waves, it's to ride them. And, and, and the thing about a wave is like, there's so much power in it, right? There's so much momentum and strength that's just pushing, right? It's just pushing and it's going somewhere and you can't stop it. And if you try and control it, it will overwhelm you. It'll knock you over. It'll crash through you. But what I love about it, when we put this in the context of what God is doing in this place, it's like God is building this wave and he's saying the, the power of it is something you cannot harness, you cannot control. You, you got to get that. But I am inviting you to get swept up in it. I'm letting you ride the wave. And I'm like, that, that's it. That's where we're at. That's what this marker in our church and in your life means. Like I said, you may have been here years, months, or today is your first day, and it's the same invitation to get swept up because here's what I would like to say about it is God says, will you step into the water with me because I have a wave that's just right for you. You know what I'm saying? I have a wave that you need, and I'm going to take you on it if you'll go with me. Perhaps I could say it this way. <clears throat> I'm going think about this statement I'm about to tell you all, well, a couple weeks now, because it's so true. I used to dream about the things that God would use me to do. These days, I'm dreaming about the things that I can't do. Are you with me? I used to dream about the things that God would use me to do. Now, all I can think about are the things that I can't do. Only he can do it. I can't do it. Only he can do it. I want to be swept up to be part of something that isn't pointing back to me in any way. It's only pointing to him. Are you with me? And here's the thing. Life is all about you in this world. It's about what do you do? What do you accomplish? How amazing are you at your thing? How expert level are you at your trade? And we're constantly trying to build ourselves up and we're not actually doing anything except creating little ripples in life whenever God's saying, hey, I have these big waves that you can ride with me if you'll come along. And that's the picture that I believe God is trying to give us. And he wants all of us to get swept up in it. That's what a movement is, by the way. There's no question in my mind that God planted this church. God planted it. I'm not the founding pastor of this church, just so you know. Some people claim to be the founding pastors of their church, and I'm just telling you, Jesus Christ is the founding pastor of every church. I'm just a servant. There's no question in my mind that God has us right where he wants us. He has you right where he wants you right now. I believe that. And here's the thing. You may be a skeptic. You may say, this sounds really good, rah, rah. You may be a skeptic. You may be someone who usually stays in the safe confines of a Sunday morning attender. You may be someone who's really unsure what you even believe about Jesus and God. You may be someone that, that loves God, but you've found yourself stuck in a mediocre existence. And I've been saying for five years, I'm so tired of mediocre versions of faith. Are you with me? I'm so tired of that, not only for myself, but for the people that I do life with and the people that I look around and I go, can we get going? Not like more work, but can we just start, can we just start believing? Can we just start trusting? Can we just start taking the steps that he's called us to? Quit building ourselves up and start building something together that we can't claim is ours, but it's only his. You may be really busy. You may be really focused on your career. You may be someone that says, I, I think I got this God thing down and 
I think for every one of us, if we're willing, God is going to come to us. If we're a skeptic, if we don't know if we believe, if we've been in mediocrity, if we're really busy, if we're focused on our career, he's going to come to every one of us. Are you ready? Are you ready? He's going to come to every one of us and he's going to say, do you trust me? Do you trust me? Because you think you need to do that, but do you trust me? I said I only had three things, but I have another. I can't finish without mentioning one more thing. The number five is a pretty fascinating number. Um, some of you know that numbers often have symbolic meaning in the scriptures, right? You know that, like the number six is the, is the number for humanity because they were created on the sixth day. And then because of their sin and because of the work of Satan in the world, 666 has become, uh, you know, associated with evil, which was so weird when I went to, true story, I went to Chick-fil-A a couple weeks ago and the total was $6.66. I said, how is this possible at Chick-fil-A? Everything equals $7.77 at Chick-fil-A. So number five has meaning. A few weeks ago, Christy and Micah and Leslie and I were talking about calling this, this, this month five and we kicked around this idea. Now this is, you got to keep in mind, this is on the heels of we just said out loud for the first time, maybe we should do 24-7 prayer. Maybe we should go, we have Easter in the tower. And I, we, I was like, I don't know, man. I don't know if I want to do these things. But if no, I mean, it was just like fear and faith at war, right? Like, I don't know. You know what I mean? And and we go, we kind of turn the corner, we're like, well, what about this five idea? We're turning five, we call five. And then we, I was like, on a whim, almost as a joke, I say, well, what does five even mean? Because it obviously means something. Every number means something. So we looked it up and I'm just going to read it to you. I'm going to let you experience it as I experienced it. Straight from Google. <laughs> five. Five is indicative of being filled, prepared, and empowered to go forth on whatever mission God has given one to do. In the scriptures, five, summarized by the books of Moses, the Torah, which completes God's instructions for his people and the seed carried throughout the earth. In the New Testament, you see five in the fivefold ministry. We read in Ephesians 4 that it is used to equip the church to mature in unity and faith. And get this one. And fruit from the trees is fit to eat in the fifth year. Five is associated with bold prayers and being anointed with oil. Incense used during prayer and anointing have five ingredients. This indicates that anointment and prayer are powerful. Prayer and anointing with oil define and declare God's authority, gifts, callings, favor, direction, purpose, and will. Five is ultimately connected with the themes of power, strength, fruitfulness, going forth, movements, anointing, prayers, and protection. Are you with me now? <laughs> right? So no matter where you are in your journey with God, um, whether you've been a Christian for years or you're new to faith, uh, God is saying, will you, will you step into the water with us? And you're like, what does that mean? In this, this season we're in, I think for us it means that we're going to start praying. All together in one place. Constantly praying. Like watchmen on a wall who are crying out to the Lord, never silent, day or night.
Uh, so I got to stop. Uh, more to say next week. Um, but you can begin praying about all this and dreaming about it with us. And who knows? Maybe there's some things that are not gonna ha- that are gonna happen that haven't been planned. When the Spirit speaks to you, let us know. Like we don't have any plans that can't be uh, added to, changed. So our website, we've gone ahead and made a page on our website. It has all the information. I would encourage you to go read it. It answers a lot of good questions um, that you may have about it. And if you're someone that says, I want to get down in the weeds of this thing and help create this thing and be a part of it on a, on a deeper level, the door is open. Come with us um, and let's do this together. So we're going to pray and then we're going to sing a song that I feel like personifies this idea of being swept up by the Spirit. Father, we pray that as we step into this, God, that, Lord, you would put inside of each and every one of us something that is unusual and strange and different, but not in a weird way, but in a welcoming way, that, Lord, it's just new to us, that you are putting your Spirit in us and you're prompting in us things that maybe we've never experienced. And I know this, I believe this, that you, the gospel, calls us the things that we would never do. It calls us the things we never even knew we wanted to do. And so, Father, I pray that that is the case for so many of us in this season. That God, we're not celebrating ourselves at five years. We're celebrating and declaring you. We're lifting you high. And we are stepping in to the wave in a whole new way. So, God, we love you. We pray these things in your name. Amen.